fire this thing up, huh? We could. Did you want to do the date that we're recording this? <laughs> no, I'm good. I don't need to. This is well dated, I think, yeah. And like I do the countdown three, two, and then I say I'm going to hit record on one. Yeah. And I don't say one just to give space. And then Brian takes this big long pause. And then I hit Yeah, go. I know. He was I'm like, <laughs> go, Classic. motherfucker. Oh, well. And he talks over the intro. What's the deal with that? Sit back, crazy. Crazy. and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Wow, thanks so much, Liam. Great to hear from you again. Uh, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. Uh, it's time for the Beer Engine Podcast on an unknown date at an unknown time uh, in, in an unknown place. Well, uh, actually, nobody knows where I am and what this is about. The thing is, it's happening on three different dates and times because you and I are recording in different days and times. Oh, my God. And locations. And people are listening at different days and times. So there's a, there's a three-way parasocial relationship happening here. My head getting really big and exploding like Homer Simpson's in that uh, dream sequence where his head blows up like a balloon and pops. Uh, while you try to explain this to me. Now, um, I, of course, I... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Tony. I, I was on a podcast yesterday with uh, a, a good friend of yours. But just it, it's right. just looking at the visual difference between the two of you, you're both casually relaxed in your own home. You're not in work gear at all. Right. You dressed quite nicely in a... Uh, Wearing a hen, a Henley. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say a Henley. I was going to call it a tea, but it's long sleeve, nicely dressed, pretty well groomed. Turn on to record another podcast, TAIV2, in case anybody mm-hmm. hadn't heard me pimp it before. And Brian turns his camera on. Now, that was a shock in the first place. And mm-hmm. then find out he's in a tank top showing his tats to the world. Yeah, I don't know what that's an angle. I gotta say, um, <laughs> what great, great looking photo you guys posted up on your Instagram too. I gotta say, it was really. We have to. We're gonna have to teach that guy how to make a, that. We're gonna have to teach that fellow you're working with how to do a screenshot. <laughs> He's just <laughs> taking taking pictures of the computer is a very funny thing to do. Yeah, um, I, I thought he was actually. Um isolating just phobes and i because you can do that with discord and and get rid of your own camera but mm-hmm. apparently that's not what he was doing he was doing a selfie via screenshot via his class google classic, or whatever he uses classic group of of middle like the you know, borderline 50 year old guys trying to use a computer uh, but borderline 50 i've got seven years well, to get you, there Tony, but the, those guys yeah those those fellas Tony, um, now understanding that you are, I did want to. I wanted to point out one thing. Yes, I want to. We all know that you are the you know premier um, expert on right wing conspiracies. This is true. That's involved with this show, at least. Yes. Um, and um, you know, I'm not one. I, I really don't want to uh, um, spend time react as much as I've joked about it. Spending time reacting to someone else's podcast is really not a great angle for yeah. us to take the show. People come here for hard hitting beer news. This is true. People come here 
to hear about how much Tony knows by heart about various cults. And, um, and sweet and banging drops. What pizza he's cooking. This is true. That's right. And we listen to drops. It's great. But I do have to, unfortunately, uh, actually fact check you a little bit. Oh, shit. Tony, at one point on this uh, particular show you were working on, you said um, oh. that uh, <laughs> this was one of the, uh, that the Mandalay Bay uh, tragedy. Uh, that occurred at the Mandalay Bay was actually one of the only um, sh- mass shootings uh, that did not result in a Alex Jones inspired conspiracy theory. And uh, a la Maury Povich, I-, I will have to tell you that he's my father was a lie. Oh no. Yeah. He's not your father. And that was a lie. He might be your father. Um, <laughs> that, uh, here's here's the rundown of it. Uh, this was from an, an article in Politico. Of course, my favorite of the uh, Republican guy articles or whatever. But anyways, it's not. This isn't the crazy Republicans. This is like the annoying Republican article, yep. just like uh, weird Mitt Romney type freaks. But anyways, uh, this is about two. So the, the article went to lunch with two guys, and apparently they belong to a small group of about a dozen members from the intelligence and special operations community. Pushing the theory that Stephen Paddock, who was the shooter in the Mandalay Bay uh, yep. event, uh, his rampage was part of a coordinated anti-Trump plot involving the Islamic State and Antifa, or left-wing anti-fascist Adventists. Uh, sorry, Adventists at activists. Adventists would be funnier. Um, this idea sprang from the twisted, feverish mind of Infowars' Alex Jones days after the Vegas attack. They found Antifa information in the room. Jones claimed in one telecast. The whole thing has the hallmarks of being scripted by deep state Democrats and their Islamic allies using mental patient cutouts. There you go. That well, is yeah. not, not one thing could possibly. Now, is that really that painful of a thing for you to hear that you didn't know about that? I don't know. Well, now, that said, it, it the only there. reason I had to fact, the only reason I had to fact check it was because I couldn't imagine anything like this passing across Alex Jones's de- desk and not having a, uh, a theory uh, rung up against it. Not because I had any particular memory of it, but because I really only had to Google Alex Jones Mandalay Bay and hit enter and find yeah, it immediately. You see, I didn't do that. But my memory <laughs> my memory of it is is this. And it, it probably wasn't accurate of me to say that there was never a conspiracy, but there wasn't a long-running, long-winded conspiracy that dragged out for days weeks and months this was something that he said off the cuff and the main reason why is because of the guy involved because he was an older white gentleman doesn't really fit with alex's narrative that everybody's on antidepressants and the and it's violent video games that are causing this it plays right into his audience so that's the the reason why i said that you are probably yep. correct. There was probably a day or two where this became a thing. But the biggest piece of news I can sort of come up around Mandalay Bay and this whole shooting and Alex Jones is that there is an IMDB entry for the Las Vegas massacre, what they're not telling you. Now, this <coughs> does have Alex Jones as a part of it. In D'Souza, oh. No, 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 much closer to home. Oh. Archive footage is Alex Jones and Brianna. She's the archive footage. It's a six-minute oh, wow. video. 
Um, and it's starred and written by the same person. I'll give you two guesses as to who it might be. You know some of these background characters in Alex's world. Who would have put out this six-minute video and put it out in movie style? Wait. I, I, that's why I went to Souza first. I was yep. I was like, yeah, it feels like a D'Souza it does, production. Um, it's not. It, I think it's too insane for it to be a Prager Crowder thing, right? It, it can't be that. Now I will um, tell I'm gonna, you, I'm going with like a Fuentes, Basobiak in that realm of people. So there right? are two guesses: Jack Basobiak and uh, Nick Fuentes. Sure, let's go with one of those two. What do we got? Well, it rates a 2.8 out of 10. Does that help you? With 2.8 rating, oh, 1.8 rating, 1.7 rating, 2. That's what I would have guessed four ratings, I was playing Untrapped. 8. 8.1 ratings. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, dude. What do you got? He has who, three who could, initials. Who could it possibly be? And has a British accent because he is British. Paul Joseph Watson. Oh, God. I had not thought about that guy in a while. Um, God damn it. I forget. You know, these guys just like slip out of my memory. Lord. How can you forget Paul Joseph Watson, who is like the, um, not the Herman Munster. Who was the, like, he's like, um, Sam Levine. He's like one of these guys that's actually 30 (laughs) that looks 12. Like Ben Shapiro. um, Yeah. Like, um, Eddie Munster. Yeah. Eddie Munster. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, all right. Uh, I had not thought about PJW in a minute. Yeah, these guys sort of pass across my eye every, like the other day, um, what's his name? Miles Chong kind of cruised across yep. my, across my peripheral. And I was like, ah, there's that guy. <laughs> you know who I haven't heard from in a while? Andy No. Remember that oh, guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that guy. I forgot the about milkshakes. him. The uh, milkshakes? Yeah, Andy No. And, and the other guy's... That feel like they're going to be peripheral people uh, end up sticking around because they get elected to office. Like the yeah. uh, guy who I thought was just going to vanish was the guy who was running for governor in Montana that beat the shit out of the uh, reporter oh, or whatever. Yeah. I loved that guy. Greg Gianforte, I think was his name. Um, that's a classic guy. I thought he would just like be dead or whatever, but now he's <laughs> just, he's just floating around, you know, and D'Souza, he he I, he sticks in my memory if only because he's just so he's just generally strange in every way. Yep. And he he manages to keep him. He just puts out fucking media like a like a hog, man. It's it's wild. But he is what Alex Jones used to be, and this is the thing people don't realize because people now everybody thinks of, think of his internet and radio career, but this is a guy that made his living from putting out documentaries. And when sure. the the guys from Knowledge Fight go back and, and look at the history of Alex Jones, a lot of it was having callers ring in and say, oh, Alex, I've distributed 100 DVDs of your film about Bohemian Grove. And it's like, that's crazy to think that Alex even put the time and energy into making a film. He can't stay on a thought these days. It's crazy how adult he's become. Before he used to be a focused conspiracy theory guy. Now he's just an adult mess. And that that holds me with some hope that maybe some of these other shitheads will lose the plot as well and um, they'll lose credibility. So, Did you ever see the... um 
the movie I was um, thinking about was the uh, that just because I said Prager was the Prager Adam Sandler movie. Did you ever sit? Did you ever sit through any of that? No, That's, I didn't. It's so bad, dude. They just go to like college campuses and they're like, "Why are you? Why are you so woke? Why are you so woke?" I can't do a uh, a um, Sandler. It's not Sandler. It's uh, Adam Carolla. Oh, um, that makes you, more you, sense. You, I'm like, I say Adam Sandler. Yes, I'm like, why? Why? Fuck. Would, why would Adam? I'm sorry, Adam Sandler. If you're listening, I I apologize. Why would, um, I know it was you. two of the three wise men from the Jews be hanging out together no, at a college was, campus because they're only missing Adam. missing Ben Shapiro. That, if Adam Sandler were going to make a version of that, it would be ironic. I think. I think it'd be. Funny. Oh, it would be. Uh, but Adam. Adam Carolla went and did it for real. He just goes around to campuses and asks people if they're woke, why they're so woke, and then does that the only bit he does, which is like, I worked for forty eight years as a or forty eight hours as a construction <laughs> worker, and now I know how the business works or whatever. I'm like, you got to work hard and claw up to the top. Wow, um, he's a fucking idiot. I just had a look at the DVD cover. That is a piece of shit. It's not good. Not good. Um, not, not not great content um, from these guys. They Can, they're pretty much pretty much all hor- horrific. I'm just going to pull out a couple of names from the all, also featuring, and on a scale from one to ten, how shocked are you at, that these people are in this documentary? Tim Allen. No zero. Jordan Peterson. <laughs> You're going to have to keep going. Zero. Ben Shapiro. Nope. Yep. He's he. That's a that's a exactly who you'd expect. Van Jones. Van Jones. I mean, he just appears in it like not yes. on his own accord. I would say so. That's I, I'm. I'd put that at a two, but I know it's not. It's against his will. Okay. And not this that is, I like Van Jones very much, but no. And this is his real title. This is something he did for a real job. He's now one of the scummiest human beings on earth. Ethics professor. Alan Dershowitz. Oh, God. Not surprised at all. Yeah, that's, that is not shocking at all, sure. Uh, Dave Rubin. He's in anything. He'll do anything. Dershowitz will be in whatever you ask him to be in. Yep. Who, who'd you say? Dave Rubin. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, Rubin Report. Nope, that's that's normal. And Coulter. <laughs> okay. And I guess I'm actually a little surprised she's in it, but I'm get, not only – not because – um, she would be in this type of movie because she uh, actually spent the time doing it. She's got better money to make than being in this piece of dog shit. Well, you don't know whether it's like just as a descending voice because the last one, footage. like Van Jones, the last one is going to be just a descending voice, and that is Cornell West, which is surprising because I, I don't imagine he would bring in a whole group of people. Like if if you were looking at that, no, I think cover, Cornell man, West is one of the woke. I think he's one of the woke yeah, guys. I'm going to say Cornell is one of the guys they're saying is woke. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's that's funny. I remember I remember Cornell West was the vice presidential candidate for the Greens. Look, here, he's a uh, smart player. Man, that Green oh, yeah. Party is full of grifters. I've got, to, I've got to say, some of the shit they do around election donations, it's like, ooh, you want to our, our Green our Green Party is full on grift, but it's it's yep. still probably the closest to a true leftist option out of any um, anything you could actually vote for. Yeah. <laughs> anything you don't have to write in. <laughs> Is it good? No. 
Uh, did I, did I do it the last presidential election? No, Smart I toughed man. it out. And yep. I know I, it was, uh, but have I done it in the past? Yes. Well, in yes. Chicago, come on. <laughs> Is no, your vote gonna, really going to hurt anybody? Yeah, here in here in Nevada, you gotta you gotta you gotta circle in the. Uh, yep. You know, you gotta you gotta kind of hold your nose and and vote for the for the. Um, you know, against the crazy people. That's pretty much what you got to do. So. Here's what I did in Australia, of course, different president, <laughs> presidential, different parliamentary system because we don't have a presidential system. In the lower house mm. where my vote doesn't matter because the fucking Liberal National Party have an absolute dominance on the seat. They win 70-30. Um, I voted Greens. But in the Senate where my vote does make a difference. I voted for the Labor Party, even though they don't fully align yep. with my views, but they are far more left yep. than the, the Liberal National fuckwits. I do. I, 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 uh, I did the whole thing for Nevada. I was like, all right, we're not, I can't. But then, speaking of the Mandalay Bay thing, the guy who was the sheriff and solved nothing at the for the actual Mandalay Bay thing is now the governor. So, um, thank God. If there's any conspiracy I have about the Mandalay Bay thing, just to wrap this up, yep. It's that um, it's not that any that there's I don't, I, I don't have any posturing to make on the uh, or postulate to, to form on the fucking um, thing that happened. But it's that the, the idea that any of the motives have been covered up, uh, the only the, 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 big, the easiest uh, Occam's razor of who would cover it up is who else but MGM resorts. Right. I mean, yeah. that's the people with the most to lose. By finding out that this guy's motive was he's pissed off because he lost so much money at MGM Resorts, yeah, you know, or something like that. And uh, I don't think, and, and if that's the case, then again, not to cons- uh, conspiracize too much. And it's also not shocking that the guy who was the sheriff uh, found his way into some money from MGM Resorts to well, become the governor. Yeah. So there you go. All of- but if you want to form a conspiracy, that's the closest I'm going to get. Yeah. Here's but the thing. I, I, don't, I don't even think I necessarily believe that shit, no, but it could be, you know, sure. Yeah. But here's the thing I, I say about basically all conspiracies, and this is why yours has some plausibility, um, and that is if we're going to have a competent conspiracy, we need to have a competent government in the first place because there needs to right, be enough to people, people to cover up things doing. and to do that in a competent manner. There's no way that that's just. I mean, we've seen all the CIA shit. It's all fucking stupid every time. Many yep. stared goats, MK Ultra stuff. It always gets found out. So the idea that it was the CIA is 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 comedy to me. I don't. I just don't. And like MK it's Ultra, it's much more likely that private industry would be able to pull it off than it's fucking yeah. the government. Like MK Ultra is a perfect example. Not in the whole scheme of things, the most. Well, not the most idiotic thing they did with MK Ultra. They did a whole bunch of shit that was fucking mm-hmm. idiotic. But naming it MK Ultra in the first place went against all their naming conventions. They were meant to pick random yeah. names. The original name for MK Ultra was MK Naomi. But somebody mm. didn't think that was cool enough, so they renamed it internally MK Ultra. <laughs> it's like, why? You call it extreme MK Ultra. Yeah, it's like that dude should become the marketing manager for Mountain Mountain Dew Code Red. Hell yeah, let's have Mountain Dew MK Ultra. Sounds sweet. Um, speaking of very stupid stuff, I wanted to put out one. Um, uh, Tony, I went and saw a little, uh, saw some uh, Broadway theater the other day. Nice. I'm um, over at 
Vegas is beautiful Smith Center. So did you uh, uh, go and see the uh, the left wing um, history of America Hamilton? That's super accurate and like doesn't like gloss over anything at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I decided to skip Hamilton because I, as I think I've said on this show, every time I see a clip of Hamilton, I think of it. It looks like a Simpsons musical to me. Um, because I see it, it feels like something the Simpsons would have come up with. But Um, when has there ever been a bad musical Simpsons episode? I mean, honestly, maybe that's the one thing that makes me think it's not the Simpsons because I dislike the music more than anything that the Simpsons (laughs) have done. (laughs) They should have gotten Alf Clausen to write the songs. Um, but anyways, I saw Moulin Rouge. Tony, you've probably seen that movie. Have you seen the movie Absolutely. Moulin Rouge from when we were like teenagers? Yeah, one of the um, um, Baz Luhrmann films. Not his best work, of course. His ber- best work being a little Elvis. film. Um, I think he was behind Strictly Ballroom, which is an Australian film. So it's got a I'm whole sure. bunch of Australian actors in it, um, and it has Bill Hunter in it and. Um, Kelly loves yeah. Kelly loves Romeo and Juliet. That's that's her. That's her favorite. The uh, fair enough. Oz Lerman, Romeo yep. and Juliet from a long time ago. But uh, Tony, I gotta say, um, you know, obviously with any type of touring Broadway show, all the guys are good. All the all the like performers were good. I had no issue with that. Music was was fine. It just had that feeling of they took a ninety five minute movie and made it one hundred and fifty minutes. <laughs> um, and that was maybe the decision that that killed it for me. It was, um, it was really really drawn out. The same story got sort of just like pulled pulled apart like taffy, or like yep. a cheese, like like you made a pizza and the cheese is pulling apart from the from the uh, extra piece or whatever. It's um, it was it was not excellent. There were some nice moments. But uh, overall, it was a little bit of just, it just dragged on for all eternity. So, dang, if you're going to that, you know, if you're into that stuff, I mean, it's like, it's just like the movie. It's all repurposed pop songs. There's really no original yeah. music in there, right? And they do, they, they do quote some of the stuff from the, from the show or from the movie. So, it's got some nostalgia aspects to it. Costuming's great, all that stuff. But, boy, it was like... It was just going on forever. Um, I, we got through Act One, and I'm like, "Kel, we gotta go get, we gotta go get a drink." Yeah, you need a um, pina colada. I got, I got my ass up and went to the Smith Center fancy little cocktail bar and got me a uh, double gin and uh, gin and soda. And uh, it comes in a sippy cup because they don't want you to spill shit all over their nice brand new theater, which is gorgeous, by the way. And I, I uh, took that thing down for the for the rest of the show. That got me through it. That was pretty good. Um, they were using Bombay too. So for the, for a Vegas price, I think it was like 13 bucks. You got a double Bombay and soda. That was all right for Vegas. Yep. So that, that wasn't too bad. But now, yeah, not too great. Have you, it, speaking of Baz Luhrmann, his greatest work is not, of course, any of his musical works, but it's his banger that was pretty highly rated in Triple J's Hottest 100 back in the day, which is a music poll that used to have some gravitas. And it's a song called uh, Wear Sunscreen. Uh, I think it, I, don't, I don't know. And it, it's a spoken word up. piece, but not sort of in the William Shatner kind of way. Um, it's a it's a really really good piece. Um, Josh Abraham, right. who is a um, like dance music producer in Australia, had a hand in it. So yeah. 
All right, I, I'll take a look at that, Tony. That's that's something it's else. It's super but... weird, and I, I think it'll be up your alley. Either All right, I do love I do love the sur- I do love the surrealist stuff. I mean, that's where big place where me and our uh, our podcasting colleague Brian are very different. <laughs> he is he, he enjoys the pragmatic comedy. Uh, I like some of that too, but I like Tim and Eric and shit too. So I like yep. it to be crazy and fucked up. Um, all right, Tony, I, I got one more thing I want you to um, to throw out to us. I heard you were making some pizza, and you you told me a little bit about before the show, and I, I think I need you to tell the audience about some of this pizza you were making because it sounded really good to me. Okay, did you want me to do it in reverse chronological order, like I told you, or did you want me to change up the order? Okay, here's what, here's what I'll I, do. Yeah, I really didn't. Okay, <laughs> You're, you've only been you've only done three shows. You're already getting hung up on chronology, and I am starting to get concerned. <laughs> so here, here's here's the thing with the pizza. I went with a higher hydration. Went with seventy percent hydration mm. on the pizza dough, um, which huge fan of that. It was a pain in the ass to work with, but gave that soft but crunchy crust that I'm after. Oh yeah. Nice big bubbles in the crust. So big fan of that. Did five bases because that's all the mixer can actually fit in because they're, they're a 16-inch base and I was able to get the full 16 inches out of it and not a man 16-inch, a proper 16-inch. Mm. Um, like I've never been able to use all 16 of my inches, i got to be honest with you. <laughs> um, mm. So... Not great. <laughs> <laughs> I... I, I, I I put us in that corner. I couldn't get us out of that corner. I apologise to our <laughs> listeners. But I went with my go-to, mm-hmm. super easy, fill out just one of the bases with pepperoni and hot honey pizza. Tomato sauce on the base, pepperoni. Favourite. And then, um, of course, some Probably mites. my favourite combo. Then, yeah. yeah, drizzle it with hot honey after it's cooked. Absolutely love that one. Super easy to do. So that was sort of the throwaway one at the end of the day. It was delicious. The jalapenos on there too, Tony. That's what I th- I say. It's the one I get at uh, Good Pie. Is the pepperoni and hot honey with the uh, jalapenos on there? Are they like a pickled jalapeno or just a fresh jalapeno? I believe it's pickled. So, yeah, I think the pickled gives it that like combo of the hot, sweet hot, and the tangy hot that you get from like if you just put like Frank's or something on it. You know? Yep. And the next one I did was a uh, pepper and sausage pizza. So that's Again, just the simple red crushed tomatoes with um, olive oil and salt. That's all I do for my sauce. Don't cook it. That's it. No garlic, no herbs, just that. Uh, fresh mozz. Then um, I in the pizza oven beforehand, I, I already cook up a little bit of onion, peppers, like red and yellow peppers, cook them up just so they've got a little bit of char already to give them a head start because they're only in the oven for 90 seconds max. So they don't get a lot of time to cook and it gives a bit of added sweetness. And then I broke up two Italian sausages and put that over the top. The Italian sausage was nicely spiced, had a little bit of kick to it, but huge whack of fennel, fucking delicious. Sorry, you got me to talk about this on the show. I'm going into excruciating detail. I I want pizza talk. And the last, Dude, it was good. last one I did was out of Anthony Felco's book. Um, Anthony Felco is a guy out of New York that now is a traveling pizza consultant, kind of like you see with brewers that just travel. What a and, gig. 
Yeah, and and develop recipes all over the world. That's all he does to suit local ingredients. So I used his um, shrimp sauce that he puts on his shrimp pizza. I didn't do all the trimmings that he normally does. And it's a cream, lemon and white wine sauce. And it's nice. delicious. And you chop up the, pr- the prawns or shrimp. Um, I think you'd call them shrimp in this case because they're a, they're a peeled prawn um, just to sort of in the U.S. Cubes. we call them shrimp, but I, I get what you're saying. They're, yeah, they're you know not they're not those little fucking salads. No, shrimp. no, no. These these were a good. Um, you'd call yeah. them like a thirteen shrimp. They were they were big right. shrimp that I I cut up so they were they were nice squares and scattered that all over the pizza. Fucking delicious. Not the shrimp you get in the Golden Gate brain cocktail. No thing. Whatever <laughs> that awful thing is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah are they still doing that? <laughs> That's got to be costing like seven oh, bucks are. these days. Uh, my favorite, my favorite thing is that if you go to um, Circa between like four and six a.m., you can get it for a dollar. Um, That's all right. But if you go, but if you go at any time of the day, it's twenty dollars. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get your ass up there at four a.m. if you want the shrimp cocktail. Tony, I don't mind you going into excruciating detail on pizza. Um, because that was not nearly as excruciating of detail as you went into about the um, the Falun Falun Gong uh, cult. So, I I think you've I think you um, learned some brevity in in the midst of all this. So this nice is true. Job. Yeah, um, Tony, I was going to talk about the M and M's when I save it, but I, I we did talk about the dead M and M's last week, and I do want to point out that the, I, I saw the M and M's back on a sports center bit. So I know they're bringing the M&Ms back for the Super Bowl. It's a stupid marketing bit. We will be having the M&Ms and it's stupid. And I fucking hate this shit. <laughs> well, well so, what's wrong with what's wrong with a little bit of like playing the right-wing media and the left-wing media about things that don't really fucking matter? Like Oh, no, that I don't care about. That part's funny, but just doing like Super Bowl bits is so, so silly. Um anyways, why don't we go do our Discord, huh, Tony? Let's do that. Sorry, I was um, I was getting my stand. My watch told me that I needed to stand up, but I didn't actually stand up. I just moved my <laughs> arms to mimic that I was actually standing. So I'll now hit the That's Discord music. The way I knew that like China was in they're, they're in like 2050 is that more people like gaming their smartwatches to get healthcare discounts or something because <laughs> it would they could. It would like put it on a little um, something, some little apparatus, and it would get activated that it was walking the 5,000 steps a day or whatever they had to do. It's kind of funny. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, all right, here's some stuff from our Discord. So this is some news from Australia. So let's take well, this from. Yeah. Yes. We'll talk about it here and we'll talk about it somewhere else too. Okay. Well, this is from Nick Torque. Um, hey, we can save it in for the, no, for the no, news. No. For me. We can do uh, it in both is, segments. This is our show. <laughs> sure. All right. I'll do it again. So, no spoiler uh, alerts. Mountain, Mountain Culture Storms, the Gab's Hottest 100 Craft Beers of 2002. Um, so they put in their top 100 um, for, for the get a great, great Aussie beer spectacular. Sorry, that was my Australian. Fault. What's the S stand for? There you are. Spectacular. Yeah. Sorry, I was clicking on the link. And- oh, spectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, apparently their status quo pale ale has been, uh, is the first beer to debut at number one. 
Annette Pips, uh, Balters XPA, and Bent Spokes Crankshaft IPA, um, who uh, had been kind of apparently dominating the uh, the proceedings yeah. as one of, as the top uh, of the top hundred. So, um, and also that was the only they were the only newcomer in the top five, and the top five rounded out by that Crankshaft, the Balter XPA. Or mates, Larry. I haven't had. Stone. Yeah, I haven't had that or heard of that. Yep. Um, but I'm a bit shocked with a few of these in the um, top top ten. So the ones that sure. I'm shocked with are Cooper's Pale Ale, deserving beer. I'm shocked that it's this high with an old school brewery like Cooper's. I didn't think it'd have. Um, much appeal for people that actually have the internet. Love that beer, but still shocked at it's number eight. But my real shock, because I think it's hot garbage as a beer, is better beer. It's a zero-carb beer that tastes like zero flavour. Um, just shocked that that's in that. Maybe um, they ran a really good marketing campaign. Or the number six, but yep. the can is beautiful. I, and honestly, I will say all ten of these cans – from a um, design standpoint, yep, are all are mostly pretty sharp. The Mountain Culture one is lovely. Uh, the Balter XBA is a beautiful look. You guys can check this out. I can I can put the link up in our yep in our Discord. Um, ben but, spoke nice. The Better Beer one's really cool. Cooper's is so classic. So you got yep. at least an attractive set of set of <laughs> ten beers um for for this that's that's pretty good i like that yeah it falls away um, so a bit after that hey, that's for sure congrats to mountain culture though um uh which is a beer i've again i've only had the collaboration with burial but that beer was highly delicious so. okay can i get you to scroll down to number 26 in the list yep. that's available this to is- you Cooper Sparkling Ale. I know that Sparkling Ale is a as a style um, very specific to Australia and very specific to Coopers. Love it, and it really shines in a can. Now the next beer across twenty seven. What is special about that? Can you tell me what, what is special about beer twenty seven? Hawk's Patio Pale. Well, isn't wasn't Hawk was some kind of prime former. P- Politician, correct? Or correct. Prime Minister, maybe, and um, was amazing at sculling a yard glass and um, held the record until an Australian cricketer beat it on the amount of beers you could have from um, Sydney to London. So uh, he's the Wade. He was both a politician and the Wade Boggs of uh, yep. fucking Australia. That's amazing. That's an amazing combo to be because Wade Boggs once uh, supposedly drank a hundred beers on a flight from. New York to L.A. Oh, um, speaking of this, you'll probably get this reference, but isn't it amazing that Joe Rogan has turned into King Griffey Jr. out of that Simpsons episode? You know, when, oh, yeah, the gigantism thing. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> pretty good. He's, he's addicted to nerve tonic. Yeah, I love that. Um, that's pretty funny. Yeah, so thanks, Nick, for posting that up. Um, in beer chat this week, um, how about it? Uh, Nick Torque, we always love, oh, actually, we can keep going. I got some more stuff here. Um, uh, so when was our, our last show? It was the 25th? 26th or 5th, yeah. Yes, 25th. We, we went a day early, didn't we, or no? I don't know. Oh, yeah, so 24th. Okay. 
So, uh, Tony, I, when we when we were talking, uh, and I posted this in our chat. Yep. I did buy the Hormel uh, chili cheese brew, and uh, of course, our friend Brian said he was in. Well, he is going to have to answer for his sins <laughs> because not only did the chili cheese brew ship. But uh, today, this this morning, I received the package uh, from Earth, fresh from Earth City, Missouri. So my guess is that Modest, which is in Minnesota, brewed it. Uh, they they transported it down to a shipping location uh, where they it was more centrally located, I guess, uh, or a distribution location, and then they shipped it out. But um, so I got it today. I will not be drinking it on the show. It doesn't strike me as the type of beer where I can just take one down. Um, so I think I'm going to sh- try to open, maybe open the first one in a, in a little bit of a more of a sharing setting, yep. uh, and and see how palatable it is. So that'll be coming this weekend. Is uh, look so look for some posts on our Instagram where we've been a bit more active, Tony. Uh, you can you can see us on there and see if um, see what kind of stuff we got. So I'm gonna have to make Brian try it. Uh, so I will be saving him some amount or bringing one over for him him to try with me. Um. But yes, I did get my Max Allotment um, package, uh, some delicious uh, beers here. I haven't opened all these. I have opened the Pilsner, which we will be talking about, of course, and the um, the Shipwreck Porter, which was absolutely lovely. Um, one of my favorite rum barrel aged beers I've ever had. Really tasty from, from Carton. Good stuff. Um, I, Tony, I really now like you went. The, um, yeah. the sort of contrast yeah. that they have between their bottles, which are really old school in their cans. It's, it's, I like the So Max told me that those, those beers come in packs of three and they're specific, they're prescriptive in nature. So they tell you one to drink now. Um, I, I believe it was one to drink now, one to age and one to age for longer. Yep. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Oh no, one to share and one to age. That's what it was. It was one to drink, one to share, one to age. Um, and they, they sell it in, in those specific packs of three, which I thought was very clever. So. Carton's doing some really interesting stuff. I, I like that. Now, Tony, you you went out a little bit this weekend. It looked like, and you went over to your local local brewery. It looks like they've finally started producing some product. Yeah, it's off premises. They've, they've <coughs> put together a uh, cider. I found it a little sweet for my liking. I'm I'm more a dry cider guy. Mm-hmm. Either under fermented deliberately or um, <coughs> back sweetened to hell. But I've got a friend of mine who also. Partook. He's not a big drinker, and he was he was a big fan of it. So, hey, there you go. Um, I'm looking forward to what they'll produce on premises. I don't know who they contracted this out to and who it was brewed by, but it, it was a well made sweet apple cider. Nothing more to say about it. But it's good to see that they're finally getting their own product. The brew the brewery still looks yeah. some time away. Yeah. I am. Um, I, I appreciate that. You know that they're making something. I tend to agree with you. I like the extremely dry cider. Um, oh, my light just fell down. Oh, now. Um, I, I also prefer the, the extremely dry cider. Yep. To the uh, to the sweet stuff. Lord Tony. Jesus. Oh God. You know my my little lamp is like attacking you. Getting pulled off the table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, on. You actually said go. it looks decently dry. Um, I thought it was, so I wasn't sure if you didn't like cider or if it was no. just a sweetness thing. Yeah, um, I know they all ferment pretty much like that, so I was like, I don't know, maybe it's pretty good. But 
Um, I mean, the ciders I like, you ever have like the Basque cider and stuff? That's the yep. dry shit that I love, like the Gruzetta or the but they have, um, a lot of Cidra and all that stuff. Yeah, that, that A lot of that's that closer to wild beer than it is to like this yeah, product, is, yeah. which is, it had to be fermented, I think, bone dry and it's been, been back sweetened. And I know oh, they were, so. were having issue with their lines and maybe the carbonation was down from where it should have been, which made it yeah. also extra sweet. Well, let but them I, test out the equipment anyways on this before they start making but, beer in it, I guess. I believe we've got a name change in the Discord as well because <laughs> uh, yeah. somebody looks like well, he's well, having some decent beers, but that's a new name in the Discord. Yeah, well, we uh, we got Griff's uh, drunk uncle in the house. Um, thank God it's not my sober uncle. I would hate to have him in here. Um, but he's drinking uh, some uh, over at Foundation Brewing in Portland, Maine place i've been now, i don't believe i was there when they had they had pizza but foundation is a great brewery um really great stuff and I, I don't know if they've moved but at the time they were in the old building where allagash was originally they had taken over allagash's old space and they allagash had obviously built like a you know a freaking theme park of beer yeah, yeah right yeah <laughs> fucking crazy Duff um so thank you thank you to griff's drunk uncle um, uh, unlike, unlike our friend, Brian, I, I'm permitting our family to my family to listen to the show. Oh, uh, he has no choice. His wife Mil- listens Mil- to the show. Oh, that's, oh yeah. And he's got it worse now. Oh no. Okay. Well, he, in the past he had been militant. He had taken a, a, a fortress type position against anyone he knows uh, from his family. Now, you know, his show. wife fairly well. Do you think if Brian said to her, don't listen to the show, she would, um, Abide by that? I don't think she mm-hmm. would. <laughs> no, I think he's. I think he's stuck with that. Um. So Nick also mentioned Tony, and it looks like unfortunately you guys can't go. Yeah. That there is yet another uh, beer barrel tasting, beer barrel time tasting over at um your joint Carwin Cellar. Uh, this is going to be all all stout. I know. Um. Which is, uh, so we, we got an interesting setup here. Uh, sh- so there's a couple of shareds in here. Shared is just side project, but clean here, yep, supposedly. Gotcha. Uh, maybe a little more experimental. Um, so they have a, a shared and other half Brooklyn Vibes, the shared barrel-aged Ambiente. So that's more of like a what I would call an Abraxas um, pipe beer. If you're familiar with that, like cinnamon and chili yep. pepper. And then you get into the hardcore shit. So derivation nine, derivation eleven, BBT twenty nineteen, BBT twenty, uh, rye BBT twenty two, continuance the the TWCP blend. I have this beer on my person right now. <laughs> um, and then the blend three and blend four of Anabasis, which is right up there in the best barley wines I've ever had. Then you get some savory, sweet and savory bakery treats. So a nice combo there. This is something that you could, oh, you get 10 75 mil pours of these. Ooh, you can pretty much try every beer. You can try every beer, 75 mils of every beer, but it's quite expensive, 225 Australian buckaroonies, and which is for our friends here, it is um, 160 US dollars for... Uh, I, I think I would do it, Tony. If I if I were, <laughs> but I, if I weren't as far, I wouldn't. I um, 
if I you're far away. If I was in yep. Melbourne proper, I would do this. Um, because if I could get there easily, if I had to, you know, take a three hour trip, I mean, it's it's not worth it. It's yeah. like thirty ounces of stout. Um, and even Nick, even though he's in Melbourne, um, is a long way from Carlin Sellers. He's right two hours by public transport. So it's yeah, not- you can't you can't do you can't do everything. So. No. Um, I absolutely, uh, get it. It's, uh, uh, it's, but man, is it, is it tempting? Um, I know if you had, again, I'm someone who is, who is, who has fluttered away more money on dog shit than anyone. <laughs> now, um, if you had been flying more and had enough frequent flyers to get to Australia, we may need to think about planning this during the next summer. If if you, can get up your frequent flyer points to a level that you had before the pandemic. My, uh, you know, I have plenty of points, Tony. My, uh, I'm, I'm just picky. I, I want to, I want to fly in style. If I'm going to fly that far, I want to get, I want to get comfy. So I have enough. If I just, if I just had to like white knuckle grit my teeth and get my ass over there, I have enough to not, to not. I mean, whatever. I'd have to pay the extra. It'd probably still cost me three hundred, four hundred bucks, but yep. really not. Not the whatever twelve fifteen hundred that it would really cost. So I'm not ruling. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to make it out for this, but I'm not ruling out that I'll be there in the next twelve to or so months. So no, no, I don't um, think. I don't think we'd put it on such sh- short request to get you out. But just saying that um, if they can hang on to side project, that's going to be nice for me because it'll be easier for me to get it there than it is here. Um, Nick was also out drinking. Uh, he went to Watts River Brewing. This is probably my favorite review. Um, besides pineapple is the undisputed king of fruit. This is up there. Watts six strong dark ale at Watts River Brewing. Dog shit, but one a one of one thirty five. That's that's classic, Nick. Very funny. Um, it looks it does look dog shit. Um, it looks flat, um, and it seems like Nick agreed with that. So I will say it's a bit. Undercarved, we'll say. Yeah. Our boy Nick is in a bit of pain at the moment because he's really hit a wall with these breweries because a lot of the breweries he's got to get to on his list have really odd operating hours. One of them I know is open every second uh, Friday, I think it is, for three hours. There's some Chicago shit like that, man. There's, There's some Chicago ones that are like that. It's fucking stupid. Um, and some of them have beer I don't even want. So that's the pain of having to just check a thing yeah. off your list is like, ah, uh, I, I don't really want what they have. There was one that was just a gloop, straight up gloop maker. That would be open like two Saturdays a month. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going up there. So I just never gone there to Energy City. But um, anyways, so Griff's Drunk, I'll go back at it. Making some Labats and making some nice looking steaks. Tony, I don't know. Looks pretty good. Yeah. Um. Uh. Um. Oh man. Uh, yeah, we felt for our boy Pmac who had to miss the Carwin thing. That was too bad. But he did say Carwin is now going to start getting Trillium in. So that's an interesting one for you, Tony. If you like hazies, I know you do. Yes, but that might be a nice option for you. Do you think they're going to travel? I know they they're pretty good with their importers, and it's normally in pretty good nick. If they can get it, if they can get it, if it can make it a couple weeks, then it'll be fine. You know, okay. I think those hazies do okay. Um, theirs will be all right. It, I would just, 
focus on what I would do with with those is I focus on the higher alcohol stuff if I can get it. Yep. So gotcha. you know, don't don't just first don't go right away to the four point nine one. That's gonna that's gonna be harder for it to hold its character. But the eight anything above like seven and a half, right? You know, don't worry about it. Um, uh, our buddy Cascade was out having a having a little party for himself, and he took lots of pictures of beer lists so we can start evaluating what it is we want. So. Uh, he was exploring Enid Street in London. Could be Enid. Uh, th- there is a city in Oklahoma called Enid, Oklahoma, so I'm just going with Enid. Um, it's affectionately known as the Beer Mile. Um, perfect place to spend a day drinking beer. All his pours were third pints, so you couldn't try as many as you wanted. Oh, don't let that hold your back, buddy. Uh, standouts were Cloudwater and Colonel. You know, I've heard Cloudwater is really excellent. Um, hopefully they find their way back to Mickler one of these years again. I've had some beers from Colonel. I think I drank a Colonel Porter on a on a train. And once. I've heard really good um, things about Colonel as well. That they're really good. I, I think they're owned by Anheuser Busch. Funny enough, um, I think they got bought. But they have awesome looking labels. If you look them up, Tony, they have awesome looking sort of uh, aesthetic. Um, and they uh, wish wish he had the time to really dug the London Beer Factory Barrel Project. Um, so let's look at some of this stuff, Tony. So we got the London Beer Factory. Oh, open in browser. Uh, See, all right. You're looking at that. So I'm, this I'm is more of a bacon fries that was at the bottom of one of the pictures. Those things look let's, delicious. Let's pick one of these to pick a pick a beer off of. Um, uh, why don't we go to Why don't we go to that bottom center? No, that's not good. Why don't we go to the no, top right one in 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 Cascades. Um, oh, top right, not top left. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, top right. So he's got sort of a small, there's some cloud waters on here. Uh, we got a cloud water. What? We got this very happy, fuzzy, a hazy pale, a Hellas, a SoCal bright pale, super happy, juicy pale. Um, other interesting ones on here would be the. Uh, what do we got? The Crystalline Piney Bright West Coast IPA. Um, the Hummel New Zealand Hop Hazy DDH IPA. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, and then um, uh, maybe the oh, there's a Raspberry Passion Fruit Fruited Sour. Double Sixes Dank and Juicy Double IPA. So there's a bunch of good cloud water shit on here. Tony, I wanted, I mean, I wanted to be like, oh, I want the Hellas, you know, because I'm sure it's good, but I think I would have to go, if I have one beer I got to get off this list, it's the Basque Land, a brewery I've had their beer because they were at Mickler last year. Okay. Basque Land, Cloud Water, Finest Hour, New Zealand Hop, Daisy Double Dry Hopped IPA. That's like a dream combo for me, 6.2%. You know that's going to be good. I'm going with 14. My continuous improvement, chocolate orange, <gasps> decadent oh, imperial skin. Because I imagine it's like good. an, like an, you know, the, the chocolate that's like the, the orange with the chocolate slices in it? Oh. Yeah, the Toblerone orange thing where you, you hit it and it, the segments come out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Let's see how we did on. Let's see how the ratings are. Uh, so that one is uh, my uh, oh, finest hour as a four point oh seven. That's pretty good. One point two thousand check ins. 
Joy hopped with Limea, Nelson Sovin, Cow, and Pacifica. Sounds lovely. And then yours, Tony. Uh, this is this. We should turn this into a contest. Everything's a contest. <laughs> um, what is this one called? My continuous improvement. My continuous improvement. Chocolate orange. Four point two nine. Tony. Yeah, how is me? Okay, um, a brewery that I haven't heard of called Yonder. I want you to check out their blueberry coconut overnight overnight oat beer. That sounds good. Yeah, I mean, you look that way. Is that the yeah. is that on the list? Blueberry yeah. coconut. That's thirteen overnight oats. I you ever, you ever eat overnight oats, Tony? Yeah, yep. Don't mind an overnight oat. I like them. I like um, them. More they than sell Walmart. a packaged one here. Blueberry coconut overnight over. Night. Oats. Oh, yonder. 3.98. Ooh, rough. Um, thick and creamy oat-based delight is packed full of blueberry and toasted coconut plus a touch of vanilla. I mean, I know. I, I picked it, it out. It seems like one of those ones. Who was doing the granola sours? Who I forget what 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 guys were doing the granola sours, but um, I think it was other half. I uh, was doing the granola f- gloops, and uh. They were good as hell. The other place I, I pointed out um, that I've had their beer uh, a bit when I was in uh, the UK was Brew by Numbers, and their place looks kind of cool. It has sort of an airplane hangar yep. type feel to it to me, but I thought Brew by Numbers was was a good brewery. I um, enjoyed a lot of their stuff, uh, and, and um, Cascade said their barrel-aged porter was, was delish, so I am, I am vindicated. There's something to be said for big venues like that because I want to get down to Stomping Grounds, other venue in Melbourne. Um, it's the old Philip Morris factory um, where they used to package up the Marlborough and other mm. cigarettes. They've they've repurposed that factory, and I want to get down there and check out that Smooth space. Smooth and mild. <laughs> um, and then, of course, my drunk uncle back at it. Had to, he's going to the uh, – I'm actually kind of jealous of this. The Snowmagang Festival for Brewery Omagang in – uh, New York. I guess I'm not jealous of the snow part. Um, <laughs> but the snow will I'll be over by that. then. Mm, in upstate New York. Oh, upstate. I didn't realize it was upstate. Ooh, yeah, you're going to have to. Yeah. I have some uncertainty about that. But let's see if it's got the – I'm trying to see what the breweries are going to be at this uh, dang old thing are. Um, but uh, I'm sure it'll be a, a fine uh, experience. I love. I think Oma Gang is a, a good, good brewery. Um, quite enjoyable, but I cannot find um, your list, or can I? Oh, here we go. Oma Gang. Just trying to see if there's any ones that I find particularly interesting. Decadent Ales. I'm familiar with. Uh, Jack's Abbey. That's a winner. Ooh, Jack's Jack. Abbey makes very tasty lager. Night Shift. Um, I didn't know they were still existing. Sloop is pretty good. I've been to Sloop in upstate New York. So some of these are new to me, but I'm sure it'll be a good time. Jack's Abbey, though. Some good stuff there. I like that. Yep. I like that stuff. Some framing hammer. That's a winner. Um, what else, Tony? Uh, I had thrown a couple things in the uh, in the kitchen. That's where I was headed next. Uh, so Corey posted this here, a new record, this is from CNN, a new record set for the world's biggest pizza, Tony. I did say that um, on YouTube. I didn't click on it. It looks like a big Pizza Hut creates massive pepperoni pizza breaks world record. Um, now how big was this thing? Uh, it looks like it was 13, uh, 
1,990 square feet. Uh, and they made it in the um, LA Convention Center. 13,653 pounds of dough, 4,948 pounds of pizza sauce, 8,880 pounds of cheese, and 630,496 pieces of pepperoni. What a gimmick. But it's, uh, I mean, what do you do with it? I, I hope they ate it at least, right? Yes. They didn't throw it away. That's a lot of food. Okay, good. Well, I, um, hope, uh, I hope they ate it. Yeah. I'm with you. I agree. Speaking of being wasteful, um, I recently had dinner with a with with a, uh, a one of my family members, actually my cousin, and he had mentioned that for work he was going to the Newsray Newsret Newsray restaurant, the Salt Bay's restaurant. Yep. Um, and he has a bunch of restaurants in like what is it, Tony Turkey or, or something, or in, in in Dubai. He obviously has like a place in Dubai and some of these other big traveling tourist cities. Yeah. Um. Now, I, I had to look at the price. Now, as, as somebody who lives in Vegas, and I'm not unfamiliar with the idea of sort of these gimmick restaurants that have these very expensive items, that's fine. This might take the cake, Tony. This, this one might be the most expensive shit I've ever seen on a menu anywhere in Vegas. And none of it is a tasting menu. So no. this is the, the from the char grill component. So... Listen, you can get a uh, uh, the Salt Bay Wagyu Tomahawk, thirty nine ounces, for two hundred and seventy five bucks. That that is not horrific, okay? To eat a Wagyu Tomahawk, no. two hundred seventy five bucks on the Vegas Strip. Okay, sure, all right. You can get um, what else wasn't that bad? Um, the uh, uh, Hey, the mustard marinated Wagyu beef tenderloin for two, 14 ounces, 160 bucks. Again, not really that bad for two, for essentially two pieces, two, two fillets, you know, um, all this stuff's fine. But then you get to this part where it's, um, gold wrapped. These are steaks that are like wrapped in gold leaf. And this is where I lose my fucking mind, dude. So, Let's let's start with um, the golden wagyu, uh, twenty-four karat gold wrapped mustard marinated wagyu filet mignon. To get it wrapped in this gold costs nine hundred dollars. So the twenty-one ounce was two forty on the on the left side before you wrap it in gold, and then you wrap it in eight hundred. What no six hundred and forty dollars of six hundred sixty dollars of gold. Or what? It doesn't taste like anything. But it's not $660 worth of gold. It's $3 worth of gold leaf. Oh, right. Yeah, no, it's not. It's exactly. It's, I mean, it's maybe, a, it says it's 24 carat, which, okay, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. But, it's still $3 worth of gold leaf. Yeah, it's just gold leaf. It's, it's a crazy thing to do. It has no flavor. It does no. not benefit the steak in any way. It is, it makes you're it paying look worse. $660 for a weird picture. Uh, but that is the least of the craziness. Um, yep. So then you go to the um, the thirty-one. Is that say thirty-one ounce? Yeah, twenty-four carat wrapped mustard marinated wagyu rib cap. A rib cap, sort of a different cut of meat, right? Oh no, it's a good one, but it's but it's um 
I don't know. It's it's this is so this is a big piece. This is fifteen hundred to get the Wagyu rib rib cap. It keeps going from there. If you want to go to the gold, the giant golden steak. So this is seventy ounces of gold coated Wagyu strip loin. You're going to twenty four hundred bucks, and then the the top of the top of the mountain, the giant golden tomahawk steak, uh, twenty four karat gold, highly marbled Wagyu tomahawk. Two thousand seven hundred USA dollars. A uh, you could go to Robichon uh, at least twice with the wine pairing. Yes, for that much. Yep. <laughs> and you're getting really well trained chefs that you're paying for. Really high quality ingredients. Um, yes. This guy is just a human meme, and he's he's yeah, making he's just bank off it. So yeah, this is this is some insane um, shit right here, and uh, I, I just could not believe it had to post it. So um, fucking crazy. Anyways, uh, I had to get some Australians' opinions on this. I'm looking forward to what you have thoughts, uh, your thoughts on this. This is the so Mafco Brewery is having Parma night. So if you join them, uh, looks like yesterday. Yep. For a Parma in the beer garden, they have some varieties available. Interested what that means, and I, I posted up the picture to see what kind of opinion um, our Australians might have, even on the on the pick. So, Emac said, you know, a lot of people seem to like it or love it based on Facebook. You know, who knows? But he says it looks a little on the smaller side, so he hopes it's priced accordingly. Tony, what do you what do you think of this thing? Yeah, it is on the smallest side because a, a Parm is meant to be a value meal, but it all comes down to how the Palm is a photographed, and that seems to be a low down angle, and it could um, make it look smaller than what it really is. And right. to how much you beat out the um, the chicken cutlet. Um, yeah, that's why I said I thought it looked a little thick for what you you might usually I might usually see for a. Yeah, cutlet. it really depends place to place. There's some that really beat it out till it's paper thin and it looks ginormous, and then there's others that will leave it. More in chicken breast shape. Mm-hmm. This is sort of somewhere in between. Um, a bad palm is still a great palm. Um, <coughs> it's it's one of those things that is delicious. Match it up with the sailor's grave uni, it would be delicious. I don't imagine it would be particularly pricey knowing the rest of their food um, so far has been priced really nicely as far as value Good. for money, like a cheese platter is 20 bucks. Um, and in Australian terms, that's pretty good value considering you're getting mafra cheese and it was a substantial snack. So um, they don't tend to overcharge on their meals, at least in the early days of, of getting a, a customer base. So I'm sure this would have been popular. I will check it out at some point. There are plenty of variations on the palm. They uh, they do an Oscar version of the palm. They do like an... Mm, with like some crab and stuff? All yeah. right. Yep, uh, they do um, avocado um, instead of the red sauce, um, avocado and cheese and a few other things. There's numerous, um, they do a Hawaiian palm, I know, at some places. there, and it, it just becomes code for chicken cutlet, sauce of some kind, and cheese. And there are yep. numerous variations on that. Yeah, that's the same thing here. We just call it something. It's, all, it's like the same shit if you call it a schnitzel. A Milanese, uh, a Parm, you know, it all it all kind yep. of walks in the same direction. All right, Tony, that's it for our Discord. I, I do want to tell folks you guys can join our Discord. 
I added a link to our website. Uh, so it is a permanent link. I made a permanent link in everything, Tony. I'll have to learn that um, from you. It will not expire. So if you just go to our website, uh, which is beer engine show at, uh, at dot com, beer engine show dot com. You just go to <laughs> beer engine com. show dot com. Yeah, an excellent job. I mean, beer engine show dot com. You made fun of me last a, week. I did fuck up. Yeah, that was like, you know what? I, I'll never live this down. Uh, but there is the little um, if you if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you will see a little tiny gaming controller. It looks like an Xbox uh, controller uh, or for the old folks among us, a PlayStation controller, maybe. Um, and you can just click that and it will take you right to Discord and it will add you to our Discord um, setup. So uh, you can you can hang out with us. Other ways you can do it are to send us an email or drop us on Instagram. Our Instagram is beer engine pod. Our email is beerengineshow at gmail.com, uh, and we will get you into that thing. Uh, you now, come hang out with us. I, I, I don't want to rehash um, too much TAI, TAI content, but I just received a message, and I um, thought you would appreciate it because it's from the crankiest of um, this and Iowa fans. Do you want to take a guess? Oh, the crankiest. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Uh, crankiest of fans. Yeah, I mean the guy who keeps po- who posts on there and complains nonstop is Haitian or um, Y2K. So I think those are my you know it with the second one. It's Y2K. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, please let's switch it off. I've had enough of a battle already trying to stem the overuse of gifts and memes stickers. Um, gifts and memes. Never mind the stickers. Um, so yeah, he, he is not a fan of the, of the stickers now to be uh, a good news. Our, our, our zone is, is pretty well, um, developed. So it's been mostly sticker free. So if you come and hang out with us, um, you may be able to avoid the sticker overload. Um, so Apparently again, I can turn it off on the server. Uh, Ken is oh, wow. for real. So might have to keep that right. on. Yeah, I think I, I, you, you cannot turn it, it, if it were here, you know we're nice here. We could do it, but uh, if we were if over there, you gotta you have to torture. Uh, there, I think that's the only way. Um, so yeah, come hang out with us at Discord. Get out yeah. there and post. Um, show us what beers you're drinking. Yeah. Um, show us what else you're drinking. Tell us what you're betting on, um, and 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 just chill. It's a fun time. Uh, Tony, why don't we go into Logger of the week? Uh, Tony, um, you know, it's relatively straightforward for me for for lager of the week this week because there was really only one lager I was I was drinking a lot of, uh, and it was the, not even a lot of, a, a little bit of, it was the Freem Export Lager, which is a Dortmunder-style lager. Um, so Freem, Freem's popping up with a bunch of lagers lately. Uh, I know they're doing lager a lot, but they just have a lot out in the market right now here. There's the Czech lager. There's the pills, obviously. There's an export lager. They also have a mosaic pale ale, like a 5% mosa- all mosaic pale ale that's out right now. That is fucking delicious. Um, so they are, uh, they're popping up here with a lot of good stuff. Um, but this export Dortmund lager was another, another big winner. Just another, um, 
every time they get a beer on a Corey's, it's like a victory lap for them. It feels <laughs> like I just am just drinking it. It's just so amazing. So Czech Lager was great. That was a relatively new one. It wasn't a Czech Pils. Um, it was it's just a great lager. And then the um, this export Dortmund style was right on point. Nice and soft. A little bit of, little bit of hop, oral taste. Just just very pleasant. Um, Tony, why don't you do yours? And then I got a special Lager of the Week award to do. If you okay. got any loggers. Mine's from a brewery that has just apparently lost its head brewer, or maybe even its two top brewers. And that's our good friends at Deeds. So I hope the quality stays up at Deeds. Sure. Um, but it's a Pacific Lager called All Shuckers, No Wuckers. So that is a tongue yeah. twister. Um, comes in at 4.4%. Um, loaded with Galaxy hops um but they've got a big whack of galaxy hops as the bittering charge it's kind of nice you don't see a lot of galaxy used in bittering and it's not like just a fruit bomb lager really nice big fan fantastic all right tony so this week i will be awarding uh the most the the you know, besides the ultimate pissy awards, which we learned were the, the most disparaging awards in the history of the beer industry, uh, we took down uh, the mighty John Taffer and James Watt. They have never lived down what we what we put on them. This is the dis the dislogger of the week. Um, it celebrates the bad logger I drank. I think the last time I did this, it was uh, that I drank a Trumer Pills from Parkway Tavern that yes. was served to me like a tart and flat. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> you really, would not really have because that's a really great pills. It's a great pills, and in this case, uh, sadly, uh, there will be nothing for these guys to fall back on. Um, I actually do like some beers this brewery makes, but Corey's after the export lager came off, which was unfortunately after I had one, um, they put on a Pilsner from Alaskan Brewing, um, which makes famously, a, a, I think, a, a frequently awarded smoked porter, imperial smoked porter that's much uh, liked. They make a famous amber ale that's very popular in most of the West Coast, um, and I'm sure a handful of other nice beers. But the Alaskan Pills uh, is the dislogger of the week. <laughs> a awkwardly sweet finishing, um, under attenuated, maybe under fermented, um, just unpleasant Pilsner to drink that uh, left a cloying sweetness after every sip, and uh, was a battle for all sixteen ounces I had it to uh, to finish Ooh. it. So sorry, Alaskan. That was truly a miserable. A miserable thing to have to get down. So I just went. I went right into the cooler and picked out a Great Notion um, Ledge beer, which is reliably decent, and just sipped on that for a while. But yeah, really, really not not too great. So, dang, I would avoid the Alaskan pills if uh, if my life depended on it. So that's that's Griff's advice of the week and lo- and dis- the dislogger of the week. So pretty nasty stuff. Tony, let's do beers. Yes. You're up first, buddy. Okay. It is a beer that we spoke about earlier because it won number one in 
the Australian Hottest 100 on the Gab site. Um, Mountain Culture, we know what they do. They do big beers, big juicy um, hazies really well. This is a hazy, but this is much more drinkable. 5.2% status quo pale. um, Kind of become the style in Australia. Drinkable hazy IPAs that come in at around 5% alcohol. Really delicious. Can drink them all day. Absolutely crushable. Griff, what about you? Have you picked something crushable or something more like Uh, a four-ounce pour worthy? Well, first, Tony, I do want to point out that I fucked up. Um, uh, So I need to throw in an honorable mention of my lager of the week because I just totally plum forgot about it when I was thinking about this frame beer because I was thinking about my trip to Corey's because I saw my my show note about it. But uh, also uh, the tie for lager of the week goes to the, the Italian pills I got from Carton. (laughs) Um, from uh, Max, which I five-starred, and I think is maybe the best example of the Italian Pilsner style that I've had in the U.S. Um, I think it hit it. So Lager of the Week Part Dose goes to the Frusta from Carton. Uh, The only thing I hated about it was I only got to drink eight ounces of it. That was the worst part of this beer experience was I had to give Kelly eight ounces of it. (laughs) uh, Otherwise, it was perfect. But um, I, because I would, I would have put down that thing like a, a in a second. So next time I'm on the East Coast, I'll be hunting down cases of that thing if I can find it. It was a, it was fantastic, lovely. But again, now on to beer of the week. Um, so uh, two here for you. I got, I got a sour and a stout. Let's do the sour first. Balcones, ba- uh, this was Balcones whiskey barrel aged Montmorency versus Balaton from Jester King. Uh, so Montmorency versus Balaton. Now, Tony, you probably know that's two different types of a cherry. Yes. Um, that's two cherry types that are both very popular in brewing. This one um, is barrel aged uh, for seven months in Balcones whiskey barrels. So Balcones is a distillery down in, in the, I think, San Antonio, Austin corridor there, Hill Country corridor. And, you know, just... Can't beat it. That just, some of that Jester King stuff just hits. Some of, some of it lately hasn't, but really? some of it really, really does. Yeah, some of their, like, non-barrel, like, non-fancy stuff has not been, like, singing as much to me lately. But I thought this one was still popping off. It was it was really, really, really fantastic. So nice and tart, big, big, big cherry flavor. And the whiskey sort of, like, cuts that tartness back a little bit as it finishes. So really lovely. Um, the stout... I wanted to point out was from Humble Forager. Um, and Humble Forager is like the maybe more distributive arm of Forager, uh, which is a brewery in Minnesota. Um, so it's funny because they said they collaborated with Forager. <laughs> I love that. It's very funny to make this beer. So I, I'm not sure what that means. They, it says they employed a technique out of Forager Stout Brewing Catalog and put together a massive American double stout base designed for extended barrel aging. 19 months um, in a selection of barrels sourced from Buffalo Trace, Baird's, Bardstown, Willett Rye, and Templeton Rye. Then conditioned on five growing regions of vanilla beans from Vanuatu, India, Uganda, Madagascar, and Ecuador, and five growing regions of cocoa nibs from Bolivia, Peru, Ivory Coast, Tanzania, and Fiji. But, I mean, obviously, I could pick all that out, no problem. Of course, yeah. But um, Each new it was ones. wonderful. So just blast you with full of vanilla and barrel. That's how I like it. You know, you know I'm all about a 
vanilla stout. It just it's just straight up like palate assaulter of vanilla and barrel. I I loved it. Uh, this yep. was this was absolutely killer. So, um, yeah. So again, uh, apologies to Max that I forgot to mention the beer that he yes. sent me during Lager of the Week, but uh, it was a, a um, probably officially my Lager of the Week, um, even above the export Lager. But I just cannot remember anything that happened to me even forty five minutes ago. So um, now I did. So it was delicious, and all these other beers were great too. Uh, we had a, you and I had a nice week of drinking beer, Tony. Pretty good. Sure did. So why don't we jump over into uh, some of that there hyper beer nerd dork shit news? Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. How mad did right. that make uh, a certain individual? <laughs> I think uh, this guy just confused us. <laughs> it's pretty funny, but uh, Tony, uh, these are. Um, you know, just some some news stories that we've stumbled across this week, I would say. So this one, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Um, this is a big deal in St. Louis, I think. So, Tony, when you're driving down I-55 uh, through St. Louis, you will drive past the uh, big old Anheuser-Busch Brewing Complex in St. Louis. And on the side, there's this mural of the Clydesdales. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the Clydesdales. Yep. Uh, they're pulling their little carriage with the little Dalmatian and the two guys in like the little sort of police style uniform um, uniform type thing. So they're taking that down and they're putting up, oh no, a new version of the sign, just a refreshed version of the sign. So don't worry, guys. The Clydesdales are not coming down because they were not woke enough. Um, nothing like that. We are not, we, they're not replacing it with a trans Clydesdale or anything like that. You don't have to worry about that. It's a uh, Crowder, Prager, call off your dogs. Yep. All right. It's just, they're just putting up a news version of the same. Well, you can see all their hogs so, in the, in the mural. You can see it in the signage. Yeah. Oh, they don't let us show the hogs anymore. Oh, is that, is that what we're doing? You know, we can't even look at our horses. Uh, schlongs on the side of a building anymore. This sucks. Now, um, how iconic is this? Is this up here with a skipping vi- girl vinegar in Melbourne that's like, or the Nilex sign in Melbourne that are the two most famous advertising signs, I suppose, in um, Melbourne? Is it up there? i got to be honest. I, I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I probably. Um, I would say this is up there. Um this is up there as as sort of a a landmark you would drive past in in St. Louis. Uh, I guess maybe the best comp I can come up with from Chicago would be like the Morton Salt um, building, uh, which is is pretty iconic looking. Um, I'm sure there's other one, the Sit Go sign in 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 Boston, um, stuff like that, that you, that you would just be, you know, you'd catch on or you'd get used to seeing. It would be strange for a few days not to see this if you drove down 55 for, you know, for yep. work or something. So, um, most I just wanted to make the woke joke. That was really all I was trying to do with that. There's really, there's really nothing I cared about there. Just, I just wanted to say that they're taking down the horses because they're woke or whatever. No, I- um, all right. So some beer, some beer news popped up in Vegas, uh, here in the last few weeks, actually. Um, so this is, uh, from the, 
uh, whatever, Channel 8 news here, I guess. I don't watch the news too often here in Vegas, actually. Why not? It's uh, it's so good. The, the couple of times that I've stumbled onto it in a hotel room, it seems such quality news. Local news is, I mean, even compared to Chicago, it's like pretty, it's pretty upbeat. <laughs> um, the Chicago news can be a, a downer sometimes because it's like, well, it's 15 degrees and everyone's getting killed at work or whatever. <laughs> so... Uh, here, here it's like um, everybody's mad because they're taking the volcano out or whatever. Okay, whatever, fine. Who cares? Um, so uh, this story's uh, it's it's headlined: Las Vegas women put some chill on craft beer stereotypes. And this article um, kind of points out that uh, we now have a number of actually uh, of of women involved in the brewing industry here, including the owner of Craft House, the head brewer of Bad Beat, um, who uh, started uh, actually started with a head uh, female head brewer uh, there as well. Uh, Amanda Amanda Keller, who is the head brewer at Bad Beat, who had been the head brewer at Big Dogs, uh, has been involved in the beer industry uh, here for a while. Um, you know, at, at Corey's, there are a number of, of women involved in selling beer. Uh, in Silver Stamp, the owner of Silver Stamp, Rose, who is the only certified Cicerone in Nevada, is, um, you know, the head of the Pink Boots Society here. So a number of women have, have been getting more involved. And yet, Tony, um, some of our local breweries still put out some fucking dog shit labels <laughs> with, big titty, with a big titty lady on them and... It's a, we had, we recently had a brewery who released a beer called Milf Stout. Um, now to their I I will say they released it with with the, a porn star. Well, that's uh, fine. Uh, who makes coffee? So maybe it is okay. I actually don't know, <laughs> but I did think it was weird. I'm like, uh, this is interesting. Okay, but then it was um, a lady who is who is in. I mean, we we do have a number of people here who are in the movies, as they say. Um, so. Big show business crowd here in Vegas. Um, Look, you've but, still got to be able uh, to have they, some she fun. Makes, she, if if that, yeah, yeah. I think you got You got You're gonna have to tread a line, though. I think even with if you're, you know, and especially when you're next door to the brewery that's owned by, um, I don't know. I, I guess that doesn't really make any difference. But no. I, don't know, I would have a hard time doing that. I'm just embarrassed. Maybe I just I would be embarrassed by doing that. That would that would not be something I would do. Okay, fair enough. But you're not running Plus that Plus it particular... tasted bad, so I'd like to throw that out oh. there. It was not very good. <laughs> like, there were, there are some bad beers that we've talked about with their um, terrible names, but Milstout, yeah, that's that's fine. That hasn't crossed the line, not even close. Little, t- Probably tame compared to, like, Big Hooters, Blonde, Blondale or whatever. You know? Yep. I guess there's worse stuff. Anyways, I, I do think um, I am glad that they're, you know, for, for all the trends that Vegas is behind on from a beer standpoint, it's positive that at least we're kind of sticking to it with getting, um, we're, we're, we're not as, as the same amount of distance behind in getting other types of people involved in the, some diversity in our industry. So uh, there's probably still work to do. There, Definitely. I mean, and it's not just the work to do, not just with women, but yeah. you know, with all kinds of other types of, um, of, of, uh, race, gender, um, et cetera, et cetera. So you will, uh, you know, keep, keep our eyes on that. Um, also Vegas just needs to keep improving as a beer city as well. I think there's, 
a lot of room. I will say, I don't think I pointed this out, but I went to Craft House recently. And I actually probably had like one of my best trips there. I mean, everything was really, really good. The cold IPA was really good. Winter ale was really good. Um, they had a Saison on that was really tasty. So uh, they, they're, you know, they've always been pretty good, but they might be really rounding into some form. And they recently did a collaboration with Bottle Logic, kind of stout. So I think, you know, they're, they're starting to get some recognition. So that's that's good news for them. All right, Tony, last thing here. Um, relatively slow news week in the in the beer universe, but I thought this was interesting. We've been talking about how the beer industry has been slowing down in the U.S. and yep. everybody's shifting to non-alcoholic beer, but ah, who can we count on to keep beer flowing into our market but the Germans? Uh, German beer sales are up in 2022 after COVID pushed them down. Uh, beer sales rose um, this past year, so that it's uh, they they sold about 8.8 billion liters of beer last year, a 2.7 percent increase with 2021. Actually, a pretty significant increase when you're thinking about how much that is. Yep. Um, beer sales inside Germany were up four percent. Um, it's still five percent lower than 2019, the last year before the pandemic, but increasing at least on a back on an increasing trend. Um, so uh, I thought that was interesting that the Germans are. Um, you know, picking up a little bit. Now, they say they're still struggling with a longer-term downward trend fueled by health concerns. Um, in the past decade, it's fallen 7.4%. So it actually kind of speaks that maybe they they were just ahead of us on the trend, and they're picking back up before the U.S. will. Not hard to tell, but uh, Europeans uh, also drink a tremendous amount compared to even us. So they... Do they? they, um, they uh, I think so, the, the math says they do at least. I yeah. I, I was reading at just like the, the pure volume. I was like, I'm not sure I could do that. It's crazy. <laughs> but you you look at certain states um, in America and they're way down on alcohol consumption. Like I know there's some good craft brewers in Utah, but as a whole, that state is down on consumption. Um, other states in the deep south are probably down on beer, higher on hard liquor. But then there are other parts of America where I think your average when you look at a state-by-state basis, and they're comparable in population to a lot of European countries, um, that beer would go toe-to-toe with the Europeans. And I think Chicago I mean, would be one Wisconsin, of those. Wisconsin, Wisconsin's the place that is yeah. really, really carrying the torch for, for us <laughs> drinking-wise. <laughs> it's, they'll always, I mean, but hey, guess what? Those, those are Germans right there. Yeah. Um, Germans in like uh, uh, Swiss and Scandies. Those folks are putting them down. Um, well, Tony, in honor of the uh, of the, you know the Germans getting back on the on the right side of of um, of the black, uh, as it were, with their <laughs> trending. Um, That's not a good phrase. The, the Germans getting back on the right side of the black. Just don't. That's add true. That does, that, that does. That does think about. Um, does recall something the Germans might have been involved in uh, yep. not not that long ago. Uh, how about this? They're back in an upward trend in, as it relates to beer sales. How about that? Um, now, uh, I wrote a little game uh, for this or that this week in which, Tony, you're going to guess uh, if these things that I'm going to name are German beers or are they German soap operas? Plink plunk plink plunk 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 plun
Tony, I got 10. As usual, I got 10 uh, names here. Uh, and these 10 uh, things are either German breweries. So some of these are German breweries in German. The name's yep. in German. Or German soap operas. So uh, German Germany also has soap operas, just like almost every country yep. seems to. Can you name um, an Australian soap opera? You guys like soap operas. I don't think I could name one, but I, I did learn in the midst of me thinking about games like this because I, I love our Hallmark game, and the yep. closest thing I could get to a, a TV t- program that was similar, had similarly corny names was soap operas. Um, but I can't name any Australian soap operas. You can't name Neighbours, of course, that gave its start to Kylie Minogue. Neighbours. Neighbors is neighbors is popular. That's right. You know what? I never would have thought that of that, but it. But I I know of it. Can you name another person that came from the neighbors family? There's a few person. Yeah, there's Hollywood actors that went through the neighbors school, but there is also another music star. She was a one hit wonder in the states. Um, Sang a little song called Torn. Natalie Imbruglia? Oh, Natalie Imbruglia. Oh, yeah. yeah, all right. She was Beth in um, Neighbours. I just looked it up, so it looks like Margot Robbie was also yes. in Neighbours, so we have that for Margot her. Robbie, Guy Pearce. Oh, wow. Um, Alan Dale. Well, look at that. All right, very pop- 37 seasons. You're not even close to the longest-running ones no. in the U.S., though. you got, you got a long way to go, buddy. But Neighbours recently got cancelled and then brought back. Really weird. <laughs> Not even the most yeah. popular soap in Australia. That goes to home and away. It's only been going on oh, for sure. 35 years, though, so it's a youngin. Yeah, we got some of those ones that have been out for like 60 and 70 years. It's wild shit, man. All right, well, let's see how we do here. So I have uh, 10 things here. Let's see uh, how you do. So the first one I have for you is called uh, Inaller Freundschaft. I can't see that. No, I don't know how it's spelt, though. This is the problem. I'm just trying to imagine German I will try to. So it's F. It's in Aller. So that's spelled like it sounds. And Freundschaft is F R E U N D S C H and so on. I don't think this is a beer. I think this is a soap opera. You're starting me off on the soap opera tangent, and I think this is a medically-based soap opera. All right. Uh, Tony, In Aller Freundschaft is a German television soap opera that began airing in 1998 every Tuesday. It follows the staff of the fictional, we're going to say, Sachsen Clinic Hospital in the city... (laughs) Leipzig. Yes. Bonus points, even though we don't give out bonus points. The bonus points. Saxon Clinic. There you go. Um, I think that means sex clinic. Don't you have Google Translate on your computer? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Because that would be cool. Um, no, it's just a fake thing. It doesn't mean anything. It's just <laughs> it, it, If you type that in, it just brings up this fucking... Soap opera. Good job by me. Like, see, All right, Chicago next up. Hope is not a real hospital. Chicago. Right, right. 
okay, so you got that one right. Nice job. The next one I have for you is called Das Haus Anubis. Ooh. Das Haus An- Anubis. I think this is a beer because Das Haus just sort of it's either a German a German techno track from like the mid two thousands or it's a beer. I don't think it's a soap opera. Or it could be in the house of something. Mm. No, I'm going to stick first instinct. Beer me up. Tony, Das House Anubis is a soap opera. Oh. Um, now, they're stretching their definition of a soap opera. I just looked up a wiki page called German soap operas, for the record. Now, I think this is more of a... It, I think this is a teen. I think this is a teen soap opera. I don't think this is a like standard network. Oh, so this old, is One old, Tree Hill. Like, yes, I think that's in that realm. Now that I think that probably counts. But so this is a television program produced jointly by Belgian broadcaster Studio One Hundred and Nickelodeon Germany. Um, it is a uh, it focuses on eight young people living at a boarding school. And uh, a bunch of people disappear, and some, you know, probably uh, sexy stuff happens. And where so we'll it has a million characters, so I would say that this fits most of the soap opera yep. uh, stereotypes. So uh, there you go. Das House Anubis is a uh, soap opera. So next up, I have for you uh, this one is called. Uh, Asgard das Gottlieb. As, Asgard das Gottlieb. Okay. Oh, it says das, das Gottlieb. No, I can see this on a beer label for sure. I, I don't imagine um, that this would be a hospital-based thing. Can't imagine it being a teenage thing. Could be based. No, I can't see it being a soap opera. You going beer? I am going beer. Asgard Das Gottlieb is a beer produced and marketed by the Asgard Brauerei Schleswig. Um, the beer is connected to Viking culture. In its marketing and named with uh, its reference to Asgard, I Norse thought... mythology, the realm of the gods of the Vikings. Ah. Um, and it is, I mean, that stands for Asgard the Divine. There you go. Gotcha. No problem, Tony. Glad to help. Next up <laughs> is, uh, next up you have one called Vernus Gruner. Vernus Gruber. Vernus Gruner. Oh. This just screams beer to me. I can't tell you why, but it's too, I think it's too short and too pithy. Pithy. To be a soap opera. So I think this is a beer. Vernus Gruner is a brewery. You're correct. In Steinberg, Vernus Grün, Saxony, 
Germany. It was founded in 1436 when the brothers Schorer, uh, the brothers Schorer acquired the rights to brew and opened a tavern, uh, and they have brewed the Versgrüner Pils Legend, which is their most popular beer. It was acquired by Bitburger in 2002. In 2021, it was taken over by the Carlsberg Group. And the brand, Tony, is sold in Australia by Aldi. Oh, there you go. So you can, might have had this stuff. You might, yeah, you can get your hands on some of this if you want. So, uh, Tony, you're doing pretty good. You are three, you're three of four. Moving on. Uh, this next one is called Gastoff Herald. Gastoff Herald. Okay, this is how I see this. Rather than being about the British royals, this is like a Downton Abbey kind of soap opera. Hmm. So I can imagine this this predates First World War, but only briefly. Um, yeah, so, yeah, a, a German version of Downton Abbey is what I'm saying. Tony, I love it, but you are wrong. <laughs> Whoops. Yes, I, I, I love the idea. Gastoff Herald is one of the, in like an old monastery. I <laughs> yeah. think it's a great, somebody should make it. It's one of the oldest breweries in Buchenbach. Bavaria, uh, and it was founded in 1568. Since the foundation is a family business today, managed by Johann und Matthias Harold, and the annual production is about only a, a mere 1,200 hectoliters. Uh, part of the business is a bakery, restaurant, and a beer garden. Looks, sounds like a place I would love to 12 to go. Yes, I think it, I think it would be um, absolutely lovely. Uh, just out of curiosity, because now I want to go there. Uh, their, their website is very Web 1.0. I love it more than anything. Uh, and let's see what kind of beers we got. There are no pictures. They are definitely using a wood-fired kiln to heat the brew kettle, which oh, I, I am thinking kicks ass. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I got to check this joint out, so good for them. Nice job, guys. But, unfortunately, Tony, you did get that one wrong. Uh, next up I have for you, this one is called... Oof, Tony, I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing this one. Lindenstraub. I think it's probably Lindenstraud, actually. Yep. Lindenstraud. They're a they're a brewery. They um, are a medium-sized brewery in a non-Bavarian region of Germany. That's where I'm going with that one. Don't know where I'm getting this from, but that's that's what I'm going to say. Okay. Tony, this is actually a soap opera. Oh. Um, Lindenstraud. Uh, the reason I was having a hard time pronouncing it is it has that kind of unusual-looking bee-looking um, thing. Yep. Um, that I don't know what the name of that character is. Even I, even though I am German by heritage, I have <laughs> no idea what any of this shit is or how you say it or look at it. Um, but it was a long-running German television drama series. It first aired 8 December 1985. And um, does it say what it was even about? It's set uh, on the Lindenstraße, a fictional street in Munich. The resident families are uh, these people and... They are, um, there's a doctor's, oh, it's like a commune. There's a doctor's office and a supermarket and 
seems like it has like a it's just like stuff that happens on the street. Sounds just like what people East watch Angels. in Germany. Oh, maybe it's that. Yeah, it's just like some shit that happens um, on the street. So but here you go. This hey, Las Vegas gets mentioned in here. This is a here's a fans of the series have proclaimed in mild jest that a normal family would not survive the Linden Strahd. As if to prove this, the model Bavarian family Stadler, which moved to the street in 2008, um, younger family daughter who became a teenage mother after a Linden Strahd resident of her age purposely broke a condom, fell in love with the same immigrant and left the street in shock after finding out that he preferred her mother over herself. <laughs> mother and the immigrant left the street together. The older teenage daughter had more luck and married a widely liked Linden Strahd resident in Las Vegas, with whom she started a successful business in the street, only to suddenly die from food poisoning originating from the Greek restaurant. <laughs> so it. that's what's going on in this. Uh, they got to bring this back. That's pretty good. So uh, Linden Strahd, soap opera. Uh, Tony, so you got that one wrong. Right now you're actually three of six all of a sudden. So this I'm game is harder than I thought it was going to be. This this is, uh, I, I thought you might me on this one. So next one I have for you is called Pincus Mueller. Pincus Mueller. Pincus Mueller. The problem is that to you and I who are idiots, everything in German sounds the same. <laughs> That's all just really funny. Um mm-hmm. I see. I don't know where to go with this. It sounds like something like it's as if Robert Robert Mueller's got pink eye, and that's what I keep thinking. Of. <laughs> so, so therefore, it's throwing me off. I don't want it to be beer, and I can't can't see how it's a um, it's a it's a soap opera. While, you, while you're thinking of Pincus Mueller, I'm thinking of Robert Mueller and the Rule of Law, whatever that tweet <laughs> meme was for a while. <laughs> I'm going to go with um oh he's dying. I he's am, feeling the pressure. He's am, been winning every game, so I think he's really he's really feeling the Yeah, air. I'm gonna go with beer. Tony Pincus Mueller is a beer. It's a German brewery based in the northern Germany town of Munster. Uh, well, damn, is it a, it's a regular three Floyds you got here. Um, the Pincus Mueller Brewery traces origins to the arrival of Johannes, uh, or yeah, Johannes Mueller in Munster from who lived to be pretty old for that time, 78 from, uh, another town, whatever. Uh, and they got a, they had a bakery and malt house and now they have a brewery. So they make an alt beer. That's their most famous alt beer, special Hefeweizen, Pills, um, and some other crap. So there you go, Pincus. Tony, that gets you. That gets you back above five hundred. Um, four of seven. Uh, next one I got for you. This one's called Marienhof. Marienhof. Mm. Marienhof sounds familiar as a beer. So I'm going to stick with my first instincts. I'm not going to overthink it. So I'm going to go with beer. Marienhof uh, was a German soap opera first shown on 1 October 1992 on German TV channel uh, Das Erste. 
started as a weekly series before becoming a daily program on January in January 1995 and was canceled June 2011. Um, it is set in the suburbs of Cologne, and it uh, it's dominated by the petite bourgeois instead of the wealthy nobility, like the German soap opera Verboten Liebe. Mm. There you go. Hmm. Yeah, this <laughs> all right. Interesting. Um, all right, so that one is a soap. Tony's right. He's five of eight. He's back on. He's back on no, a I'm roll right. here. I think I said that was a B. Oh, you're wrong. You're four of eight. You're struggling. Yep. <laughs> the, the the line between struggling and doing good is so thin. Next up, I have for you. This is called Grafenwalder. 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 So, Grafenwalder are producing traditional German lagers and they're available in America through Trader Joe's. All right. It's a brewery, you're saying. Okay. Yep. Grafenwalder is a brewery. You're, you're really not far off, Tony. Um, it is a beer made in Germany, and it, but it is only it is not at Trader Joe's. It is a private brand beer sold at Lidl, Little, Little, Little Super Supermarkets. L I D L has four products: Grafenwalder Pils, Special, F of Weiss beer. Well, I guess that maybe those that weird shape mean is an S shape. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and the strong. And it's usually sold in plastic bottles, cans, or five-liter mini kegs. So, there you go. Grafenwalder. You can get it at your local Little if you have one near you. Tony, that's pretty good. You have now gotten five correct. This one would put you over 500. The last one I got for you is called Vesterdyke. Ooh, Vesterdyke. So first instinct is to go lesbian drama. But I think this is a soap opera around a a they're a flood saving like they're an emergency response team like a um what's that show that Rob Lowe's in um these days? It's like a nine one one show. He's on the back of a fire truck or one of those. It's an emergency show German firefighting ambulance kind of show uh tony uh yeah it is a soap opera so you get that one right i have to give you that uh it actually only ran for 37 episodes and i actually chose this one because it is based on the belgian television series uh whittakirk which is the name of a famous wit wit beer (laughs) um uh dyke is a remake of the australian what? So that that show was a remake of the Australian soap opera East Street. Oh, so East Street, of course. East Street bred Whittakirk, which bred Vesterdyke. And of course, uh, sadly, Vesterdyke did not make it too long. And of course, East Street's most famous um, serial killer in that show was, of course, um, as he was known in Australia, Simon. Baker Denny, or as he went in America as Simon Baker, who went on to become the mentalist. Oh, yeah. 
Now this this also happened, Tony. So the Aussies getting a lot of mentions here. Only three weeks after Vesterdijk launched, another Australian soap opera remake launched on uh, uh, in Germany, and that was Verboten Liebe, which we mentioned, which, which is the German version of Sons and Daughters. Oh, that's a, like late seventies. Old, it sounds like, yeah, yes, late seventies, yeah. early eighties. That's what it looks like, yeah. There you go. Tony gets six of ten. He survives another week where he's getting these right. I have to. I, I was actually surprised this one was even even a challenge, but then I started realizing everything sounds the same. So it does. Um, you will be um, glad to know that you got four out of the five beers correct. So congrats on that. Thank you. Well, that was an you, effort. You, you I don't know, know how I got through you know that. Your that was pure guessing. So there are some weeks that I go in with a fair chance of I can, I can tell these things apart, but this week that was all just guessing because the German language is so foreign to me. Everything sounds like a 90s techno hit, everything that's written. All right, Tony, I think it's time to wrap this thing up. Why don't you tell people where they can find us, huh? They can find us on Untap. That's That's the thing that we've been banging away at this week or at least i have um and you can find me saint moz on untapped have to check my notifications see whether i've got any requests um but you can find the man that's on the virtual screen across from me should get out my phone and take a picture and make it really awkward for our social medias rather than screenshot uh, don't, Tony, don't worry i actually already did a screenshot so uh i want to prove that i can take a screenshot so i have it well, that man is Griff AD on Untapped. He's checking in the big stuff um, from Carton, um, which sounds delicious. You can follow us on Instagram at Beer Engine Pod. You can send us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com. Or if you want to send, it, send us a tip, you can do it at Ko-Fi. You know what the website is. It is ko-fi.com forward slash Beer Engine Podcast. Griff, any parting words? I'm posting the screenshot into our Discord so everybody can look at how good I am at taking a screenshot. Um, didn't even need the phone for that. It was it was a masterful move. All right, guys. I got nothing else than that. So why don't we just end this thing? Uh, could lovely you, chatting with you all. Yet, what what did I do now, Tony? Could you have picked a more awkward pose of me right there? I love it. I, I think we both look amazing. It's they're both great. <laughs> Uh, mine, if you if you can just inconspicuously, I hope I hope you look at all the Discord channels I'm in, which include one where there's a man drinking a glass of piss. Um, so I'm really proud of that. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. So long. Farewell. <laughs>